0: Welcome to a new episode of Delirious Nomads brought to you by Blacklight Media Records, a weekly podcast hosted by yours truly, celebrity chef Chris Santos, I hate calling myself that, and underground metal connoisseur Matt Bacon, who loves being called that. This is your new favorite podcast for all things heavy metal, as well as breakdowns of your favorite combat sports and riffing on some food talk every week
1: with very special guests from across the globe.
0: Hello and welcome to the Delirious Nomads podcast. I'm really excited about today's episode. I have my friend Gigi from uh, Heavy Arabia, who is a show promoter and a general wizard in the Middle Eastern metal scene, which is really cool because that wasn't really a thing that existed five years ago. So, can you talk to us about Heavy Arabia, Gigi, and what's going on?
1: First of all, thank you so much, Matt, for having me on this show. It's funny that I've been following you for a while and we only got to really talk this year. I'm so honored actually that you wanted to have me on the show already. So, yeah, Heavy Arabia is basically Saudi Arabia's first heavy metal dedicated promotion company. All what we do is basically promote heavy metal bands in Saudi and in the region too. And we also, when we say promote, we promote their shows and their music as well. We try to get, you know, to get the word out and spread their music both locally and abroad. And basically that's our mission with Heavy Arabia. We want to promote Saudi and Arabic metal abroad. And we want to, we want to basically expose their music to listeners of heavy metal around the world. Um, so the idea basically of Heavy Arabia was like, I, I, I came up with the idea of Heavy Arabia after I gained experience with Metal East Records, which is a heavy metal promotion company and a record, a record label based in Dubai. I worked with them for a while to promote a few gigs uh, in 2019. And we were supposed to do something in 2020, but then we all know what happened in 2020 and everything else uh, and everything went to hell. So then I wanted to spend quarantine building Heavy Arabia as a brand and uh, bring the business home after, after all the developments that took place in the country. And now that everything is possible... Um, entertainment is blooming in the country and music you know we're still we're still in the beginning but it's the perfect time to you know be in the business right now in Saudi and uh, um, it's been going well Uh, we're still facing difficulties but you know somebody's gotta do it (laughs) I guess so this is exactly what I'm doing with heavy
0: So can we talk about that for a second because you touched on a few things can you talk about first heavy metal performances have really only been legal in Saudi for I think you were telling me three years now.
1: Three years plus COVID, COVID years. So we're with maybe five years, because the first, okay. yeah, because the first above ground heavy metal gig took place in 2019. Mm-hmm. So if you want to count that too, but music in general has been now, or live music specifically, has been legal now since 2017, maybe. Okay. Yeah, nobody has really tried to go live, you know, and play heavy metal until 2019 when Creative Waste, which is um, a heavy metal band from Eastern Province, went to play live at a local cafe. And that's when, you know, it became obvious to everybody that now it's doable.
0: That's really cool. So it was kind of a, a humble beginning and it turned into yes, this thing.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: So let's go back to before legalization. Then, Mm. what was that metal scene like? Because I've had friends in other countries where it wasn't really legal, and it's their stories are fucking wild. So, what was your experience like where metal before metal was really legal in Saudi?
1: Experience in attending live gigs? Do you mean? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. and in the scene in general. How did you even get involved? If it's like
1: that's a good question. To be honest with you, Matt. I was never really involved publicly with the Saudi metal scene. Gotcha. uh, Before, you know, before the developments took place, I was heavily involved in the European metal scene. I didn't want to go public whatsoever. Sure. But way back in 2009, I had my own little project, like an instrumental band, but I still didn't want to show my face. I didn't want to even say what my name was because, you know, we just, you know, I understand. possible back then. But I still didn't want to be involved directly with the scene. And then when I started seeing the same people basically <laughs> around the world, like I see Saudi metalheads attending all of these festivals, that's when I, you know, kind of wanted to show myself in public and get to talk to people. I had my own reasons to be honest. Um I felt like I was, you know, as a Saudi woman, I felt like I was a bit too what would you, would you call it like progressive to open-minded you know i still didn't want you know any kind of uh, i don't know judgments or whatever
0: yeah it's it's a pretty wild place sometimes Saudi.
1: exactly yeah i just you know wanted to protect myself i guess i don't know
0: yeah no that makes total sense and that's like it's amazing that you like stuck with it despite that like i wouldn't have done that fuck that so i'm just like impressed more than anything so so fast forward to today you know so now you're booking shows around the middle east and the situation in the middle east for metal has really rapidly changed in large part because of what you've been doing correct yeah what are sort of the hot spots for metal and what does that scene sort of look like now
1: as far as live shows are concerned i would say dubai has been getting a lot of or most of the shows
0: yeah i thought so
1: yeah, uh, they've been doing it for quite a while now. I heard that the, there has been shows in Tunisia and Morocco, but I don't know how frequent they are. I also hear about a few shows here and there in Egypt, but yeah, Dubai has been getting most of the shows, basically because they have the capital, they have the money to bring bands from abroad, and they also have the fan base. You know, considering Dubai is mostly expats, and uh, you know. I'm pretty sure you already know this, uh, since you're familiar with what it's like in Dubai and Abu Dhabi. So we have, and also, you know, Dubai is basically close to everything. It's close to Europe. It's close to Asia. So even the shows that we booked in the past, we've had people come from Lebanon, uh, Germany. We've had people come from India. So it's, it's always safe to book shows in Dubai than anywhere else. As far as Saudi is concerned, we're still the local level. Um, because honestly, we're we're still testing the waters. Want to see how the public is receiving the gigs and how how large is the scene? To be honest, we're still kind of building the scene, growing it event by event. Yeah, we're just playing it safe. And um, as you know, we also we're also doing workshops aside from gigs too. So that's one way to also um, monetize. The company we're not just fully dependent on gigs and and it looks that you know the good thing is that we're seeing more and more bands emerging this year alone we've seen maybe three bands emerging that's cool that's always good news you know the more bands the better because then we have more reasons to book shows and and promote music and stuff
0: because right now how how many people are even involved in the metal scene in riyadh a few hundred
1: if we're talking about active bands, I would say less than 10 bands. You know, yeah. yeah, you see like you will see 50 bands in total, you know. But sure. Yeah, when we when we say active, we mean, you know, releasing singles at least every four to five months. You know, that's active in our standards. Yeah. Uh, but you know, we see a lot of uh, bands that just drop a single and then we never see them again, you know, for another year or two. But yeah, so we have a few bands like um, Dusk, who's an artist that I'm managing. He's very consistent in his music. Uh, we see Entropia, Dune is making a comeback now, Wasted Land, uh, Immortal Pain, Creative Waste as well. So I think that these are the people that have been active in the metal scene and they've been you know, releasing music, making themselves visible on social media.
0: That's really cool. And then what what is the attendance like of these shows? Like, is this becoming a thing or is it still small?
1: Yeah, so we are kind of limited, you know, when it comes to capacity because we have a few venues. We're very limited when it comes to venues. Like our local venues capacity doesn't exceed 150. You know, that's basically a bar capacity in the States. Sure. The only big show that we've had is the... Um, there's a truck at NOFA, which is an event that we organized in November in partnership with Harley-Davidson. That's cool. We did it outdoors. Yeah, we did it outdoors and we had 500 people. So that was kind of a big deal. But yeah, like we're we we are having issues with venues. We can't really expand capacity, uh, at least for local bands. You know, we would need to kind of utilize unconventional venues and build things from scratch. But you know, at what cost? you know, if unless we have a, a large band that can draw crowds and we can basically afford it. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Is this something where like, cause I know it's kind of changed since 2016 with uh, MBS, but is this something that like the CPVPV will like try to crack down on or do they not fuck with you?
1: I'm sorry, who, who's that?
0: The religious police. I only know what they're called in English.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh okay. <laughs> We haven't heard of them since, I don't know, 2017, since MBS took-
0: Okay, so they're just, like, completely cowed.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, you know, they exist, but they don't exist at the same time.
0: Okay, because I knew they were still around, I just, I wasn't sure what it was, how that worked. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, cool, that's awesome, that's, wow, okay, cool. <laughs> you Okay, so you've got this 150 cap room that you're starting to do things in, where people are starting to, like, have a moment... Tell me about the other cities, because you and I, when we spoke before, you were telling me that Kuwait City is like the place you can't book shows, but you're having success in, I think you were saying you booked in Beirut, and where else?
1: Not really, we, we only booked oh, okay. in Dubai, Jeddah.
0: Oh, Jeddah, that's where I was thinking, yeah.
1: And uh, Sun Khobar, which is like a city in the eastern province, it's very close to Bahrain and uh, Qatar, yeah. And we're also booking a show in Doha, Qatar. Oh, that's really cool. For our artists. Yeah, Dusk, we're basically managing a mini tour for him, a regional one, so that he's well prepared to go, you know, to go global, hopefully later this year or next year. And we're working on that. Uh, But, you know, we do have the same issue basically everywhere else in the Middle East. You know, we, you will only be able to book venues with 120 to 150 capacity if it's a, you know, it's a local band.
0: Sure, sure. (laughs) So then talk about these workshops, because I thought that was really exciting, how you're sort of like getting back to the community and trying to educate people. How did that start happening?
1: Um, well, I've always wanted to kind of challenge our metal bands, you know, challenge them to become better songwriters. Um, if you listen to a few of our local bands, you will always notice that they're trying to sound like somebody else and it's sometimes it's too obvious, they will never stand out, you know, if they keep doing what they're doing. Sure. So they, I felt like they needed a fresh perspective and, you know, and that was only possible by booking someone who's from an established heavy metal band. So that's what we did in our first workshop. We booked producer and songwriter Yanni Pau, who's used to play in Swallow the Sun and now he's the front man of e and and uh, Mercury Circle. And he's also worked with Lord of the Last and other major bands. We booked him to come here to Riyadh and give a um, metal music production workshop and show bands how to, to basically write songs that stand out and that include elements from the Saudi culture. So he sat down with them and told them, okay, so I want you to think of one thing that is from your culture that is so metal in your eyes. <laughs> so basically, they came up with this um, traditional war chant. It, it really sounds like brawling. So they went on YouTube, they took samples of that war chant, and they put it in an intro. And they basically, you know, collectively wrote a song, or at least an intro to a song. Uh, and then, you know, they got it. They're like, okay, you know, this this sounds different, and it sounds relevant to our culture, and it's still metal. Uh, so you know that was basically my goal is to you know have bands write things that stand out that you know no other european bands have ever done before they wanted more so i was like okay i looked at their bands and i'm like okay the most dominant genre is melodic death metal so that was going to be my next workshop <laughs> so i reached out to asim asim sierra ex uh, winterson yeah guitarist um, and I was like, okay, we have all of these bands who seem to like melodic death metal and they want, you know, they, they like the first workshop. Now they want something related to guitar. So Asim was kind enough to accept the offer and he came to Jeddah. That was, I think, four months or three months after our first workshop. But this time we, we did it in Jeddah. Sure. And we had students flying from Riyadh and they took the, the the workshop and it was mainly about writing melodic death metal guitar riffs and solos and stuff like that. And also we were sponsored by Neural DSP. Very kind of. Them. That's cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So, yeah, I think they're now they're starting to get it and now they're starting to experiment with it. My artist Dusk actually implemented a lot of what he's learned in the, um, both workshops and his first full length album. He included uh, Arabic singing and he he was just like ready to explore sure and and, and that's why his his record is a success you know in, in, at least in our standards sure so yeah that's what we're trying to achieve through our workshops and I'm very excited to reveal the new workshops that we're doing this year yeah and maybe I'll tell you after the after this podcast Matt
0: <laughs> sounds good That's so cool. Just like the work you're putting in to really elevate like the people around you. It's just really exciting to see how that's happening, even in a place where there's not that many people who are like involved yet total, but you're still like, and I imagine that people are really excited to just show up and spread the love of metal.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah. At first, I'm not going to lie to you, Matt. Like At first people were skeptical, but to be honest, we lived most of our lives skeptical of everything you know we yeah we never had hope in the past if somebody would tell us something like okay right yeah never you know but now um i remember when we first launched heavy arabia people had their questions um not about the you know legitimacy of heavy arabia but the possibility of heavy metal existing in saudi but you know now now they believe in the vision and now they're willing to even participate and and enabling the vision. And that's what I like the most about our community is that they're willing to support because they're co-creating those experiences with us and they just want to help. And it's amazing. So they're seeing, they're seeing hope. Finally, after all these years.
0: Yeah, which is crazy that you get to like have that influence and just be like, hey, we're collectively going to move this thing forward. Yes. You know, so then I guess, okay, so I wanted to ask about this because I I spent, I think you and I talked that I have, I had sort of a special connection for a while with the metal scene in Mozambique. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and so there, obviously Mozambique is a lot poorer than Saudi Arabia. Um, You know, but there, like, a lot of the primary issues they're facing are sort of even just getting, like, access to instruments. Yeah. And I would imagine that in Saudi Arabia, like, there aren't a ton of electric guitars floating around yet, or are there? Like, is there access to instruments and, like, amps and stuff? Or are those, like, being ordered from overseas to come in?
1: Yeah, so that's a good question. Now we have Yamaha, basically, you know. Okay. Yamaha store. But we also, uh, our friends in a local store called Staged in Jeddah, now they're bringing all of the cool brands from abroad. But we still depend on orders, basically, you know. Yeah. From abroad to get what we exactly want. Sure. You know, like my my artist dusk, for example, he he's always just used those headless guitars, <laughs> and you can't find those in Saudi. So sure. sometimes you need to either order them or you just grab one while traveling, or ask someone to to get you a guitar or an amp or something um, when they're traveling. So yeah, that's still an issue. But to be honest, there's not much demand. So I, I don't see why something Yeah,
0: that was kind of my part of my question is I don't see it being, Yeah. you know, I know like even in Europe versus the US instruments are way more expensive. Yeah. So I can't imagine that it's too great a situation down there. But yeah, okay, cool. And then, so there's this whole other piece that I wanted to kind of explore with you for a second, where... You know, part of what makes Heavy Arabia really interesting now is that you're sort of you're tapping into stuff like, you know, there's like the Saudi Arabian Music Awards you won uh, for like women in metal, right? And then the feature in scene noise. Correct. How are you promoting your? how are you getting the word out there to the world at large about what uh, Heavy Arabia is doing? Because it's been cool to see the impact you've had. Again, it's, it's still a small thing. And like, there aren't other promoters like you're. You know what I mean? You're making this huge impact pretty quickly. How how did that happen? How did you start getting that outreach?
1: So as for the of awards, I was um I was nominated actually, but I didn't win. But oh, honestly, I'm the sorry. nomination alone, it's okay. But the nomination alone was honestly was amazing still. And uh the scene noise people, we actually met them at this uh local conference called XP Music Conference. It takes place every December, and it's organized uh-huh. by music, uh, the, the, the Ministry of Culture. It's basically like a a, a pre-party for the Middle Middle Beast Festival. <laughs> sure. uh, so I, I met the Scene Noise guys at the conference, and they were interested in doing a feature. So um, we co-wrote an article with my colleagues, uh, Jude and Faisal, from 966 Records and 966 Band. Um, so we did that. The other magazine feature, at least for me, was the HIA magazine, which is the, um, one of the um, leading magazines in, in, in the Middle East. Honestly, that one, <laughs> it was, it was, um, I was referred to the magazine by this lady that I met at a podcast uh, studio. I just went there to cast studio and I, cause I wanted to rent this space for my own podcast, but you know, it, it just never happened. So she just reached out to me and said, you know, would you be interested in doing a feature with HIA magazine friend is looking for female figures in music. So, um, I pitched her name and you know, that's how it happened. It's, you know, usually either people that I meet at conferences or just, you know, referrals.
0: So you're just good at networking. That's cool.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, it's just, it's a very small scene, like the whole music scene. and and We're not just talking about heavy metal. You know, the music scene is very young in Saudi. Everybody knows everybody, even if it's from different genres.
0: Right. What are the genres that do best in Saudi? EDM. (laughs) I figured.
1: (laughs) It's EDM. And, you know, this explains why we have Middle Beast Festival. Uh, Last year, was it last year or the year before? I think it was the year before 2021. We had a total of 750,000 attendees over four days. you know so this explains why the majority of people here prefer ADM. So yeah, we're trying to kind of coexist with this genre and other genres and make make heavy metal basically relevant uh, in Saudi.
0: Sure. I was, just, I was just curious on that one. So then, and I want to circle back because you mentioned this very briefly, but it's it's very cool and I want to just kind of address this quickly. You know desert rock Mm -hmm. so last year you did it it looked like it was really really cool i've seen the recap you know uh it was all saudi bands i believe right
1: correct with one portuguese dj
0: okay and so it looked like it was fun as hell what's happening going forward with that
1: we're planning on doing part two but probably under another name okay desert rock Like the name itself was never my idea. I didn't want to do that name at least. I understand. Because I was doing it in partnership with Harley Davidson. So I didn't have much say in choosing the name for it. Um, Yeah, but I would, so they said, okay, next year, maybe when we do it on a bigger scale, you can choose the name. (laughs) So that's what we're working on. We're trying to do a bigger desert truck under another name possibly. Yeah, and I have another big collaboration with the one brand and like another brand. We'll reveal it later. And also, we're we're collaborating with a government authority, but I can't give info on that yet. Sure. But it's it's pretty exciting that now authorities are trying to be inclusive and they're you know inviting me to to curate a lineup, uh, at one of their events.
0: That's crazy. That's cool.
1: Exactly, you know, and you know they're inviting rock and metal bands. Like you know, just choose whatever. You know, you know the community, you know what they want. So we, I, I would say, we have three major events after the summer, but you know, summers are all dead everywhere, honestly. Sure, in the, in the of middle One is escaping. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So we're not doing anything in the summer, but definitely in the autumn and winter, we have uh, a couple of exciting stuff happening.
0: That's really cool, and it's kind of kind of interesting how. How it's limited seasonally like that.
1: Yeah. And uh, to be honest, Matt, (laughs) we do have uh, problems with um, permits when it comes to seasons.
0: Right. That makes sense.
1: Yeah. So, for example, we do have these entertainment seasons that move across the country. So we have Riyadh season, and then we have Jeddah season, then we have whatever season just moves city to city. And once there's a season happening in your city, you're not allowed to have a permit for your own events unless you have a capacity of under 300 people. I don't know when this will change. So even if we wanted to do something on a large scale, we would have to wait until the season happening in our city uh, to be finished so we can do our own event. Gotcha. um, I don't know. like. They imagined that we would steal three hundred people or four hundred people from there.
0: From the government <laughs> events, okay.
1: No, it's just it's it's a little bit funny, but I'm pretty sure that they will change this sooner than later because you know how how are we going to survive as small businesses if we're going to have to wait until the events on a government level finish?
0: You know. How long are the seasons?
1: Riyadh season can can last as long as six months.
0: Oh, dear. Okay.
1: Yeah. Sometimes it's three months, but because of the large demand and, you know, the success of the event, so they always decide to extend the season. Uh, Jedda season basically doesn't exceed two months, um, and it applies to all other seasons. But yeah, Riyadh is where the money is, so it's, it's really sad right. that so- sometimes you can't do anything.
0: So you have these limitations. Okay.
1: Yeah. It, you know, sometimes six months out of the year, you can't do anything, you know, and then you have the summer. That's another three months where you can't do anything. So you just have three months a year <laughs> where you can't do something.
0: That's wild. Jeez. Huh? Man. I know. Sorry. I'm just trying to wrap my head around that. That's like, that's also really interesting.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. Okay. Thank you. This has been deliciously informative. Yep. As we head towards the end. What are sort of your, like, long-term goals with this? And where do you see it going in the next five years?
1: Oh, um, I really want to do, like, I want to put more bands on international stages. Right. Broad. I know that it will also, you know, correct a lot of misconceptions Mm -hmm. about the scene here. And I want to also do more frequent shows in Saudi And most importantly, I want people, I want our bands to do music the right way and to produce more, more records. We don't want them to just release a single and then run away for another, you know, because sometimes I feel like, you know, it's kind of psychologically just do something like release a single and think that you've already made it and you're like, okay, now I can rest for a year or two, you know, so we don't want that. We want them to be consistent and we want them to know that help is available. And, you know, if they need consultation, it's available. Mm -hmm. I would also love to do that through you, Matt. I do what I can. uh, Offer your help. Yep. Offer your help to those fans. And, yeah. And, you know, hopefully, Heavy Arabia will be the leading heavy metal promotion company in the Middle East. Uh, And uh, it's a trusted brand and yeah basically that's it
0: that's really cool Mm -hmm. i love it thank you so much for coming on
1: you're welcome thank you so much matt
0: all right so that was awesome thank you everyone out there for listening to delirious nomads sponsored by blacklight media we will be coming back at you next week with another awesome guest be sure to follow blacklight media on socials for new music and more
1: and above all keep it heavy